0: My name is Andrew Bustamante, and this is Everyday Espionage. Sometimes the ground truth is hard to hear, and we spend our lives becoming experts, understanding reality that is subjective, but true to us. Only we find out that sometimes others do not agree. I've been sharing my friend and former CIA deep cover officer, who I've codenamed Edie Jackal, with you the last few episodes of this Everyday Espionage podcast. Now he lives in a reality very similar to mine. And while I agree with him on many things, there are many people who do not agree with him. And in this podcast, we talk about patriotism, what it is, what it isn't, and how we've seen it in the field of battle. Again, you may not agree with Jackal, but you are welcome to sit here with us and listen while we discuss what we consider the ground truth. Um, You talked about... Patriotism. Yeah. And the, I think the word that you specifically said is that patriotism as a motivation is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's- so that message, that statement from a patriot, right, is going to strike a lot of people. as It's going to cause some cognitive dissonance. People are not going to understand what you're talking about. So well, well, I want to dive into that. And I want to dive into that because what I think that you're saying, and I agree with what I think that you're saying, is that patriotism is the weak, it's the weak definition. It's the poor man's description of what's actually happening, right? Or do we all love our country? Yes. To to different extents, for different reasons, we all quote unquote love our country, right? But that's not what we're talking about when we talk about patriotism. Patriotism is why do you put your life on the line for your country? What is the purpose that you do that? That's what I think you're saying. That's powerful. Yeah. Why you as an individual do it, that's powerful. But when everybody just says, oh, I'm here because I, w- I have a passion for serving. Or, oh, I just want to serve. I want to do what I can for my country. That's weak. That's not, there's no self-realization. I, there's no self-actualization. I tell them say, go no. be a
1: nurse or a doctor. At go be a teacher. Go, go be a teacher. We need a lot of teachers. Yeah.
0: yeah, if you want to do something that your country needs, there's a whole hierarchy of it's what It's got to come needs. from within.
1: You know, I do a lot of training with people that are... In my shoes you know the younger generation and one of the things i do the first day i'll ask them, why are you guys doing this because the sacrifice is immense family sacrifice you don't make a lot of money you're doing this 24 7 physical health mental under stress you're getting shot at i mean why are you guys here and i hear things like i'm doing it because i'm a patriot another one is 9 11. another one is it's a family tradition my dad did it my grandfather Another one I hear a lot. I want to be the best of the best. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Man? You're <laughs> going to do all this because you want to be the best of the You're going to train for two years and get freaking crushed, go downrange, get shot at, possibly captured, tortured. Your marriage is probably going to end up in
0: divorce. You're going to live the rest of your life with digestional issues because your stomach is going to have been rotten by all right. the parasites. Your kids are probably
1: going to hate you because you're never around. You're going to do all this because your daddy did it? Right. Because you're a patriot? You don't even know what a patriot is. Nine eleven? 11 No, no. I said, you guys are going to be good. If you really work hard at it, you can be good. But to be great, there's another reason. And then I usually ask for, for more volunteers. What are some other reasons? And invariably, a handful will raise their hand. And they'll say something like, it's my passion. And I'll say, what do you mean it's your passion? And the right answer is, you know, I can't really explain it. I've always wanted to do this. Yeah. I mean, this is who I am as a person. It's what I think about. I gravitate towards this. It's what I do. It's a calling. Those people have the, have the potential to be great because they never question their motivations. They get in a firefight, that's the guy who's going to shoot back because it's what
0: he does. He's already been pre-programmed. God put that there. That's a gift he has. The audience that we're talking to right now has also been taught the difference between passion and talent, right? And here you are telling me that the differentiator in the most elite American fighting units and the differentiator in the world's most elite intelligence units, it isn't about working hardest. It isn't about having the talent to shoot the straightest. It's about the guy that has so much passion he can't even describe why he wants to do it. We had a
1: guy, we lost our medic on the second day, KIA. The guy that was brought in as a substitute was a medic from a conventional military unit. And we're thinking to ourselves, I can't believe this. And the guy that showed up, I think his backpack was bigger than he was. (laughs) We couldn't figure out like, who's the backpack and who's the guy? We sent like three of, the, of these guerrilla guys out there to like, help, the, help the poor guy out. He was all medical. He basically was carrying a hospital on his back, you know.
0: Did he parachute in or was he dropped off?
1: No, he was dropped off. Yeah, I think if he parachuted in, he'd, get crushed. he'd have floated about 100 miles. He was so light, you know. <laughs> a good wind could have taken him across the border. But, uh, no, you know, the guy showed up and there was something different about this guy. He was real quiet. He was real still. Where well, everybody else was screwing around, telling war stories, joking around. He would just kind of sit there, and he was very thoughtful, listening to everything that was going on around him. And, you know, that guy got out on his first patrol. I'm not even sure he had ever handled a weapon before. Mm-hmm. A lot of medics will not carry a firearm because they become a target. Right. But believe me, bad guys know who the medic is. Oh, yeah. That's the first guy that, that, that they're going to shoot at. He took a firearm with him. I think he, I think he had a 45 or a Glock one of our big guys is taking on contact he gets shot he's out there 60 meters away and you can see the tracers I mean there was an unbelievable field of fire and everybody was kind of thinking about how are we going to get this dude back you know I mean there's just firing on this guy without any direction medic runs out there again he's a little guy I mean he turns sideways you can't see the dude you know <laughs> what I mean and maybe that's what saved him but he ran out there and it was a miracle he did shot this is a 60 meters through a field of fire he grabbed this big dude we call him Jericho <laughs> by his ankles and dragged him to safety another guy got hit he dragged him as well but we called in air support and uh, the, the battlefield was cleared at least it was neutralized we suppressed fire and we couldn't believe the courage this guy had. Mm.
0: This little and, medic who was yeah, not a special ops medic. And we
1: talked, to, we talked to he, didn't, he didn't go through the SFIS, he didn't go through the Q course. You know, he, was, he was just a guy, he was a, he was a military guy, a JAG, just another guy. And, and, um, and the more and more we got to know this guy, he had an internal fire. And we got into a discussion around the fire one night. I'm not kidding you, I can still remember the conversation. He was like, I don't know why I do this. He said, I'm the first person in our family that's ever gone in the military, yeah. but this is what I do. This is what I love doing. Yeah. And he couldn't even describe the feeling. He later became the point guy on most of our missions, on most of our scouting missions. What's the point guy do? You tell us. That's the first guy in the formation. Mm-hmm. If somebody if if somebody's going to get it, he's probably going to get it. And you're medic. What's somebody the point? steps in a mine? He's going to he's going to take the mine probably. He just wanted to be the point guy. It was just. He had his M4, and uh, he was 38 missions. You know?
0: hmm.
1: His nickname, God. His nickname became God. That's what we called him. <laughs> Everyone in the area of operations knew who this guy was.
0: Everybody felt safe. Everybody knew God.
1: Right. We talked in radio, radio chatter, God. How's God doing? What What the hell did God do? Yeah, God pulled another rabbit out of <laughs> hat. He was God. God was subsequently killed. He did 38 missions. That was a guy that he he, he had that gift. Why? He was driven by that. Do you think a guy like that would have been doing that because his grandfather did it,
0: right.
1: or because of 911? Hell no, he wouldn't have done it.
0: Nobody runs into a field of fire. You gotta to have that. Prove themselves. They do it because it's all he had, they know. He had how to nothing
1: do. to prove. Never talked about it. It was like the sun came up. It is a new day, fellas. Whatever happened yesterday, gone. He never reflected about the past and never obsessed over the future. He literally lived each day at a time.
0: Why is that story, why is that medic so powerful to you? I mean, first of all, he was a man of
1: virtue. I mean, you think about four great virtues, right? Did he have courage? Hell yeah, he had courage, right? Did he have temperance? Yeah, guy had great temperance. He was in total control of what he was doing. Did he have a sense of justice? Absolutely. had a very clear sense of right or wrong. In his mind, what he was doing was righteous. Saving lives. Saving lives. What's the fourth great virtue? Wisdom. Man, this guy was smart. He was reading everything from Hemingway to Socrates to the Roman Empire, the French Revolution. I mean, this guy used to describe what he would call theory of mind. Why do people read fictional books? Have have you ever thought of this? Mm -hmm. Most people read non-fiction. They want to get better, right? Wrong. You read great fiction, Tolstoy Hemingway, that's all theory of mind. You can predict human behavior based upon those great novels. They've already figured it out. Mm -hmm. So he knew how to act. He knew how to conduct his life based upon everything he had read. He learned from other people's mistakes. So
0: here's a guy... Here's a Jag, just another guy that could have been any one of us. Absolutely. Any guy on the street corner, any guy who was in your high school phys ed class. And one day this guy was dropped into a special forces unit, saved lives, showed incredible courage, not because he wanted to, but because it was who he was. Right. And then he became the kind of myth, the kind of legend that actually inspires others to great achievement. Sort of a
1: civilian application of this that a lot of people may be able to identify. I had a relative of mine, unbelievable, smart, savvy, street smart, everything. Talk about gifts. He went from everything from a car mechanic to an MBA guy working in corporate America ran a car dealership. The guy had done just about everything. was introduced to software coding. Hmm. Immediately took to it. Hmm. Took a software coding course. Was the superstar. Now he works for...
0: Anybody who wants to work Anybody for him. who wants to, making <laughs> tons of money. And you know
1: what? I'm sort of his unofficial mentor. He'll tell me over the phone, he says, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. I mean, he is literally building the world with everything he's doing. He's making a difference in everyone's lives. Artificial intelligence, machine learning. He sits at a desk on a mountaintop now, working on his computer. That's his vocation.
0: That's his vocation. It's what he was called to be.
1: He's convinced he was called to do this. And you know what? People talk about retirement. He'll probably work till he's 90. And that is the new workforce. You have to tap in... Your vocation. The stakes are high now because there's no longer pension plans, retirement. There is no safety out there. You have to become your own man.
0: You're going to be working.
1: And the way to do that, tap into that vocation. I tell people forget about career, find out what your vocation is.
0: Tap into that passion.
1: How to find that is a subject of a whole different discussion.
0: (laughs) The world has many heroes, but we don't get to meet them. Many of them are quiet and humble, and oftentimes they are lost doing what they do best. But like E.D. Jackal's story of the everyday guy turned heroic medic, the path to great achievement isn't something we are given. It is something that we choose to do, something that comes naturally, something that calls to us that we can't resist. I hope that you are enjoying this conversation with Edie Jackal, and I look forward to sharing more of Jackal's insights and stories with you next time. We learn by listening to one another, even if we don't agree with what one another has to say. This is Everyday Espionage. Everyday Espionage is dedicated to one thing, educating everyday people. I know that not everyone will listen, but those who listen will learn. If you learned something new today, click subscribe, review, and share the podcast with a friend. Find me on social media at Everyday Spy or on my website, EverydaySpy.com. If you are up for a special challenge, visit EverydaySpy.com forward slash operations and join me for an authentic spy training mission. And above all else, remember that knowledge is freedom.